Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Okay, cool. I'm losing my voice. I was shouting. I'm not a preacher that used to shouting all the time. Look, sometimes I just got to shout. Yes. Praise the Lord. Mm. Praise the Lord. It just struck me according to God's word, and I prayed it just now, is that Judah plows. Judah. We've been, we were teaching on the Old Testament tabernacle, and we we're talking about the, the gate, the door, the only one way in to find the presence of God was in the east. Is that every time the door was erected, when the tent of meeting was erected, the tabernacle, the door to get in, only one door, one way, only one way was in the east. It was always to face the east. Now, we always know, when, where does the sun rise? In the east. The sun rises, the S-U-N rises, so does the S-O-N rises from the east. But also, the tribe that was in the east was Judah. Judah, the actual person, the man named Judah's name, when he was born, his mom named him Judah, which she said, I will name him Judah, for I will praise you, Lord. Judah means praise. So it's, it's not ironic, and it's not a coincidence, it's not an accident that God would place Judah right at the east before you get into the gate to get into the presence of God. So you have to go through praise. Then go through Jesus. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the light. No man comes before the Father but through me. He's the door to where we go in and make our sacrifices. We make our prayers and we enter in boldly before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and grace during the time of need. So God was showing me this. And I was, as we're sitting here and we've gotten to this high praise, you guys, we're in this high praise. God said, I'm doing this because there's people in here today that will not receive my word today, unless I plow the hardness of their heart by praise. They can't come through me until they soften their heart. If you guys remember Pharaoh, you know why Pharaoh kept saying no? Pharaoh wanted to say yes, but God caused his heart to be hard. He hardened his heart. And see, most of us in here have a hard heart, and especially about this subject I'm going to speak today. Because for the sake of time, you guys, please forgive me. Um, I'm going to cut back on Spanish a little bit, but... I, I just really feel this is important that you guys get this, okay? If you're in here and you're Spanish dominant, um, please, we got headphones for you, and uh, we'll be able to translate for you in Spanish. Praise God. Amen. Yes. Amen. All right. ¿Están listo? <laughs> gotcha. Anyway, listen, with growth, of, with growth of our church, listen, we need to protect our culture. We have to protect our culture. And that culture here is real, relevant relationships. You guys see it. If this is your first time here, you're going to notice you got hugged about 100 times coming in here. We really believe in real, relevant relationships. We do church outside of church. We go to each other's house. We just go hang out. I don't know how many times I've been over to Sabrina's house, hang out with Ezra. I've been over at your house. You've been over mine. We just hang out. We do life together. We grow together. Now, listen, because we're growing large as a church, a lot of times churches lose that. But we have to protect that. So over the last week, uh, last week, we examined our hearts for bitterness. Amen. And I think we all walked away last week 
looking to dig up some bitter roots that we didn't know we had. Amen. Bitterness is always the result. Listen closely. It's always the result of unforgiveness. Yeah. So I want to tell you real quick, today's message is not long. It's actually short, but it's powerful. It's real powerful. See, some of us have been bound for so long that we have become used to being in bondage. It's called institutionalized. People are in prison for so long that when, even though they're out of prison, they still act like they're in prison. You get it? You guys understand that? See, Jesus Christ came to set us free, not just to open up the gates of the prisons that we're in, but that we could walk in the freedom that he has died for for us. Now, in order for, in order for us to move along in our lives, in our relationships, in our walk with God, we need to make sure that we're not chained to any offenses. Now, anybody got a dog? Anybody have a dog? If you, want, if you don't want your dog to go nowhere, you chain him to something, right? Did you catch the analogy? Some of us are chained. You chain your dog to a fence. I needed a drum roll. That bloops. Some of us in here are chained to offenses. The big, biggest thing we don't realize is you don't have to be offended. You have to take offense. I took offense to what you just said. Don't just don't take it. Makes sense. Don't take defense. Bars. <laughs> Turn to John chapter 8. 32, it says this. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I want you to see something that it doesn't say the truth shall set you free because you've already been set free. This is what I'm telling you. We've already been set free, but now we need to be made free. The difference is being set free is I'm out of prison. Being made free is that I'm out of prison in my mind. Praise the Lord. Today's message is about forgiveness. A lot of us in here are saying, what does forgiveness even mean? Many people have this vague definition of what forgiveness even is. But here's the big question. The question that we have to ask ourselves this morning is this. Can God forgive me if I don't forgive somebody else? Matthew chapter 6, 14 and 15 says this. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you don't forgive men their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. That doesn't need any translation. It doesn't need any interpretation. That's just straight out and plain. People want to come and try, well, you know, actually in the Greek, it's a different word. No. If you can't forgive your brothers who you can see, God's not going to forgive you. Period. Forgiveness. I'm going to give you a definition. It's the intentional and voluntary process by which a victim undergoes a change in feelings and attitude regarding an offense. Let's go of negative emotions such as vengefulness with an increased ability to wish the offender well. Right. I wish that was the truth, but it's not. Saints, I'm about to set you free today. If you take notes, I need you to take notes. 
I'm going to set you free today because there's many reasons why we don't forgive, forgive people is because we think forgiving means certain things when it doesn't. We think that forgiveness means these five words that I'm about to share with you. And when you realize that you can forgive somebody without giving them these five words, then it'll be a lot easier for you. Those people that offended you, hurt you, it'll be a lot easier for you to let them go. Amen. First thing we have to look at, forgiveness is different from. Forgiveness is not condoning. What does condoning mean? Condoning means failing to see that the action was wrong and in need of forgiveness. When you tell somebody you forgive them, it doesn't mean that you condone what they did. Forgiveness is not saying, I'm going to overlook what you did, and um, it's not saying, I approve of what you've done. A lot of times we don't forgive people because we feel like if I forgive them, they're going to think what they did was okay. Now listen, they may think that, but you can't help how somebody else feels. Do I need to say that again? You can't help how somebody else feels. That's theirs. Their feelings belong to them. And so many times we get trapped in this thing called people-pleasing. And we just tell people we forgive them, and, and they go, well, that means, you know, that we, we constantly, I'm, not, I'm looking at nobody, I'm not looking at, but we constantly forgive people the same bad behavior because they feel like if you forgive them that they're allowed to keep doing what they're doing. So then later on in life, when you finally break free from that stronghold, when, you, when somebody else comes along, you won't forgive them because you feel like if I forgive them, that means it's giving them permission to keep doing what they've been doing. No, that's not true. Forgiveness also isn't excusing. When you forgive somebody, it doesn't mean you're excusing them for being responsible for their actions. You know, it, it, if somebody does something to you and, and they hurt you and you look at them and go, you know what, I forgive you. You're not looking at them and telling them, look, I'm just going to let that pass. If it happens again, it's fine. No, if somebody keeps sneezing in your face, they're not sorry. I cover your mouth, turn your head, dab or something. <laughs> Forgiveness also isn't pardoning. Listen carefully. Pardoning means to release from punishment, exempt from penalty. Just because you, you forgive somebody does not set them free from what they did. When you say, I forgive you, look, whatever seeds they sown, they're going to reap. You know, you sit down, and, 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 and can you imagine, I've seen, plenty of you have seen it, a mother will go before a judge, and she'll look at the, the, the killer of her child and look at that killer and go, listen, I forgive you. She has tears in her eyes. I forgive you because the Lord commanded me to, and I'm praying for you that you find the Lord Jesus. Oftentimes, we sit and watch that, and you think that she's thinking, I forgive you, and I don't want them to press charges. I don't want you to go to prison. Because I forgive you. No. She's just saying, I forgive you. I'm letting you go. You're about to do life. You're going to do life. You're going to pay for what you did. But I forgive you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, look, you keep hitting me and putting your hands on me. I forgive you. But you're going to jail. Did I just help somebody? You a man, and you got problems putting your hand on your woman, and you ain't got no self-control, come by my house. 
I got a punching bag. I ain't fighting nobody. Got a punching bag. If you want to fight, I got Donald and Jr. at the house. <laughs> you ain't got no business putting your hands on no woman. Even if she starts beating up on you and everything else, guess what? God made you strong. You should be strong enough to break free and run out the house. Ain't no shame. Ain't no shame. I ain't going to say nothing. I'm going to pat you on the back. We'll call the police on her. I forgive you, but you're going to jail. I ain't being sexist. Because you forgive somebody doesn't absolve them or release them from being punished for what they did, whether it's legally or whether it's personally. Somebody could have done something to you that is, is basically they don't deserve you anymore. You can forgive them and walk away from them. Look at them. I forgive you for everything you've ever done to me, every nasty word you said to me. I forgive you. I forgive you for cheating on me. Goodbye. I hope y'all are catching this. I'm being funny, but I'm, I'm trying to share something with you. Uh, forgiveness doesn't mean forgetting. People have lied to us for years. I, I, and some of y'all right now don't look at your spouse, don't look at anybody else. When they look at you, they go, look, you said you forgive me. You're supposed to forget. No. Because somebody forgives somebody doesn't mean you have to forget. Listen very carefully. There are some bad things that people have done to you that you will never forget. There's some scars in your body, in your emotions, psycho psychologically. You're scarred. How are you supposed to forget something like that? Well, you know, in the Bible, it says that, you know, if, when you repent of your sins, that God takes your sins and he throws it into the sea of forgetfulness. Well, it's an analogy. There literally is no place that's called the sea of forgetfulness. If you find it, let me know where it's at. Okay? There is none. It's an analogy. God does not listen. And you see, if you guys catch this revelation, you're going to understand something. You're going to jump for joy. God did not forget your sins. He ain't forgot them. He's just chosen not to hold them against you. God, listen, Jesus is looking at you going, I know everything you've ever done to me. Every time you backstabbed me, you walked away from me. Every time you used my name in vain. Every time that you thought I wasn't watching, I saw every little bit thing you did. Every time adultery, every fornication, I've seen it all, but I'm not going to hold it against you. And he doesn't hold it against us because we're found in Christ. That's why Paul says to be found in Christ, to be hid in him. When I'm hid in him, he won't hold my sins against me. How do I know? Watch this. Watch this. How do I know God doesn't forget? Because he still bears the scars in his hands. He still has the hole in his side. He still has the holes in his feet. Why? So that we don't forget what we did to him. It wasn't the Romans that crucified him. It wasn't the Jews that crucified him. It was us. We nailed him to the cross. And he said, these holes in my hands, look what you've done to me. And see, we always picture Christ as the picture we see with the beard and he's hanging down and we can still recognize him. But truth, truth is, we can't recognize him right now because we pulled all the hair from his face. We beat him beyond recognition. His bones were showing, his flesh was open, holes in his hands. 
holes in his feet. And he keeps them there for us to be reminded of what we've done. But he says, look, everything you've done to me, but I'm not going to hold it against you because I'm the sacrifice for you. So when you forgive somebody, it doesn't mean you have to forget. You can look and go, look, look at the scars. Look what's happened to me. Look what this made me. I'm never going to forget what you, I forgive you, but I will not never forget what you've done. The last thing that we think forgiveness is, and it's not the truth, listen very carefully, saints. Forgiveness does not mean reconciliation. I can forgive you for anything you've ever done to me, but me forgiving you doesn't mean that you have the right to come back to where you were in my life before you did the offense. I need you to hear this. There's this gospel out that's called the gospel of inclusion, which means everybody's saved. The truth is, Jesus Christ, when he died, he didn't just die for a few people. He died for the sins of the world. The sins of the world. Not just a few. So when people don't go to heaven, it's not because of a sin issue, because the sin issue's been taken care of. Oh, I need you to hear me on this one. So when God says, I forgive you, I've forgiven all men of their sins, the fact is, we aren't reconciled back to him. We're just forgiven. Reconciliation means there has to be repentance. When you, God says, look, I forgive you. And we come home, we go, Lord, please forgive me of all my sins. He says, I already have. I just need you to recognize you're a sinner. I just need you to recognize the offenses and the things that you've done to offend me and realize to turn your life around and come back to me. The reconciliation doesn't come from the fact of God forgive me. Reconciliation comes from this thing called repentance, that I will turn from my old ways, my old habits, my bad things that I was doing to offend you, and I will do whatever it takes. Listen, if somebody and you're in a relationship, somebody cheats on you, you're like, look, I forgive you, we're done. I'm done. You guys need to hear this. I don't believe in divorce. I don't. The Bible actually permits it if somebody cheats, but I still don't believe it because I believe there can be reconciliation. Believe it. I've seen, I've seen it happen. I've seen people cheat on somebody a bunch of times. They got counseling and learned. They said, look, told the wife, look, you need to see some fruits of repentance before you let them back in the house. Watch this. Spouse cheats. I'm sorry. Me too. But I forgive you for everything you did. Oh, come back here. Ah, No. Pack your stuff and leave. You can be as sorry as you want to, but you can be sorry outside this house, outside this relationship. A person that's repentive will go, listen, I realize what I've done was wrong, and I want to make it up, and I'm going to do whatever I have to do to get back into right relationship with you. You name it. I'm not even going to do it on my terms. I'm going to do it on your terms. You tell me what I need to do, and I'm going to follow it to gain your trust again. Even if it takes me a month, if it takes me six months, if it takes me a year, if it takes me three years, because I love you so much, and I realize I don't deserve you, but I love you, and I want to be with you. Let me prove my love to you again. 
Kind of sounds like repentance. God, I'm a sinner. And I realize I can't live without you. I want to be in right standing with you again. So tell me what I got to do. I'm not going to get back with you on my terms. I'm going to read your word and get back with you on your terms. I don't care how long it takes, how long the walk I got to do. I don't care about the things that I got to suffer or the things I got to prove. I just want to be back at your feet in right relationship and right standing with you. That's fruits of repentance. But forgiving, you can forgive somebody all day. That doesn't mean that you have to let them back in. You can look at somebody and go, you know, bye. Don't let the door hit you. But the point is, and as I'm saying all this about forgiveness, is I don't want you to forget this. That if you don't forgive that person, then God can't forgive you. Most people make the huge mistake of thinking that forgiveness is something natural. It's not something natural. It's something spiritual. That's why we fail to do it, because we try to do it in our own strength, in our own power. This is something that's great. Why do I know it's so great? It's because it took Jesus Christ to even bring forgiveness into the world. God had to come and die to bring forgiveness into the world. That's why I know it's something spiritual. See, there's some offenses too great, too horrific, and damaging to just let go of or allow that person to walk away from. Can I get an amen? Amen. Now, I'm going to let, let's look at a reason why we have such a hard time forgiving. Luke 7, 36 through 50. It says, then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, and he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus had sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with her hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with fragrant oil. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself, saying this, this man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. I want you to notice that he said it to himself. He said it in his heart, which means he only thought it. And then Jesus answered his heart. He said, hey, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, say it, teacher. He said, there was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they had nothing which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? And Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, you have rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I have entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. Now, before I get into this, I need you to understand, before I tell you why it's difficult for us to forgive, I also want to talk about why it's difficult for us to worship. 
See, this woman, it says she just kept worshiping Jesus when she came in. One of the reasons why we don't sit around, we love to watch people worship when we don't worship ourselves is because we never realize what Jesus has done for us. I can tell. I can look at people and just tell where you stand at with God by how you worship them. I'm sorry. I, I understand there's different personalities. I really do. You know, so praise the Lord. But I can tell when somebody's in worship, and I can tell when somebody's watching. I can tell somebody that lives a life of gratefulness and gratitude and somebody that's just doing lip service. Because we don't realize how much Jesus has done for us. Because a lot of times we're like, well, I wasn't that bad. I've done a little dirt in my life. I wasn't like Pastor John. <laughs> the Bible says that your righteousness is as a filthy rags before the Lord. I just want to be honest with you. One filthy rag or 20 filthy rags, I don't want to be touched by a filthy rag. So whether you got 20 filthy rags in your life or one, they filthy rags. Okay? So when you don't realize how much Jesus has done for you, you don't love him a lot. That's what he said. Those that have been forgiven for much love a lot. The truth is we've all been forgiven for much. And when we realize how much we've been forgiven, we don't have a problem expressing our love to Jesus. Amen. Now, that brings me to the second thing, why we have a hard time forgiving. We have a hard time forgiving people because we don't realize how much God has forgiven us. If we could actually sit back and look back over our lives and see how many times we have forsaken the Lord, we used his name in vain, we fornicated, we, there was adultery, we worshiped other gods, there's so many different things that we deserve the penalty of death. But God forgave us. And once we realize how he's forgave us, we can turn and forgive somebody else. Dude, as much as I've done to God, and he's forgiven me, my penalty should be death. And all you did was steal money from me. Man, I forgive you. I don't have a problem. I don't hold it against you anymore. You ain't even got to pay me back. God bless you. Matter of fact, let me pray for you before you leave. Mm. Help us, Lord. So, here goes another way. <sighs> yeah, let me finish with that one. When we get on these high horses of thinking that we haven't done much for God to forgive us, and we don't even consider that God has forgiven us, that's why we can't forgive other people. Because we, we, we're high-minded, thinking more of ourselves, more highly than we ought so we can't turn and forget our brothers. That's why God says, listen, if you don't realize how much I've forgiven you and you can't turn and forgive somebody else, I can't give to you what you ain't willing to give to somebody else. You want my forgiveness, but yet you won't turn and forgive somebody else. And then some of us in here are, are going, look, I understand that, but I, I have to still have a problem forgiving somebody Matthew chapter 5, 44 through uh, 45 says this. This is, this, is how, this is how you're going to get the power to forgive somebody. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Ooh. 
Bless them that curse you. Oh, do good to them that hate you. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. If there's anything in the Bible, I want to look at Jesus in his face and tell him, no, it's this. No. Mm -mm. Mm -mm, mm -mm. <laughs> See, the problem is a lot of times, saints, what we do is we say, yeah, I'm going to pray for my enemies. But we do those prayers like, Lord, they have done your prophet harm. <laughs> Smite them where they lie, Lord. If it be thine will, remove them from thine earth. Smiteth them. Vengeance is yours, saith the Lord. Those are our prayers. But that's not, that's not the prayers that they want you to pray. Those are the prayers, the time that you're usually praying for yourself is to go before the Lord and be like, mm, mm, mm. God, I'm praying for that person. And I ask that you will touch them wherever they're at. Meet their needs, Lord. Lord, I have to say the same way that you said on the cross. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. And Lord, if it be your will, and I know it is, let them come to salvation. Lord, I pray right now that you will give them strength, that you will encourage them, that you will bless them. Lord, that you will bring whatever they need into their lives to make them feel complete. I thank you for all that in Jesus' name. That's what he means. But see, can you imagine praying for somebody like that that raped you? Somebody that robbed you. Somebody that beat you up. Somebody that hurt your mother. Somebody that hurt your family member. Somebody that touched your kids and violated them. Can you imagine praying for somebody like that? What you mean, God? Pray for them. I want to do like David. I want to, I want to just run them through. He says, do good. How am I going to do good to somebody that has done me so wrong? Doing good to somebody isn't a thought. You don't sit down and go, man, I, I hope something well happens to him. No, doing good means you have to literally go do good for him. When you do God's word, watch this, God says, I give grace to the humble. When you humble yourself, God will give you the grace to do these things. And when you do his word, he will set you free from that unforgiveness. He will give you the power, the wisdom, and the knowledge to be able to let that offense go. As I close... Forgiveness is not saying you were not hurt by what the other person did. Forgiveness is not saying your pain is gone. Just because you forgive them doesn't mean that you're not still hurt. Forgiveness is not saying you are back to being the person you were before it happened. Just because you forgive somebody doesn't mean that you got to be back to who you were beforehand. Doesn't mean that at all. Forgiveness is not saying that life can now pick up where it left off. 
Sometimes things just change your life. There's things that happen that just change the course of your life. Forgiveness is not saying you no longer believe the person was uh, responsible for what they've done to you. Just because they, you say, I forgive you, doesn't mean that they're not responsible. You're not relieving them of any responsibility. Forgiveness is not saying you excuse the other person's behavior. It's not saying that you have to share the blame for what happened. And forgiveness definitely isn't saying that you have to forget what happened. Forgiveness is basically, it means this. It's a decision to let go of the past and let it be as what it was, to leave it as it is, imperfect on how the whole thing happened, you just leave it alone. Forgiveness means that we stop the shoulda, the woulda, the coulda, and relinquish the idea that we can create a different and better past. Paul said it himself. He says, not that I believe I've obtained all knowledge, but there's one thing I have obtained. That I forget those things which are behind me. And I push forward. God is calling us to push forward, but the reason why we can't go forward is because we're attached to unforgiveness. We're chained to offense. And God said, you got the key to be released from that fence. You're not literally chained by, by, by things that you can see. You're chained because all you have to do is let go and free yourself. Well, the Bible says, if any man be in Christ Jesus, old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Saints of God, it ain't just about your sin. It's about the sins that were done to you. That's old stuff. Yeah, it hurt me. Yes, I got scars. I might even be limping because of it. But I got a bigger and greater destiny in front of me. I got a higher calling in Christ Jesus. can't forgive your brothers, if you cannot forgive men of the sins that they've done to you, God cannot forgive you. Today is your day to free yourself from the prison of unforgiveness. Praise God. Stand to your feet. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Listen, if you're in here, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. If, you, if there's somebody in your life you've been having problems, forgiving, God's brought it to your attention. You said, I've been bound by this unforgiveness. I've been able to move forward because of the offense. If that's you, just come to the altar. I want to pray with you. If anybody in here is like that, amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Can I have the intercessors come forward too, please? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, okay. Um, I just heard this. Maybe you're mad at God 
and there's something that you're holding against God that you need to let go. The altars are open. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. If you guys would just not be spectators and participators, just pray with me as I pray for these souls up here. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, I thank you right now for every soul that is represented at your altar. Lord, and I thank you that you are giving them the strength to lay down that person, that offense that they have at your altars in exchange for them, the joy of the Lord in their hearts. God, I thank you right now for every offense that they may have faced by another person, Lord, that they no longer hold that offense against them. Lord, the same way that you have forgiven us, give us the power, the strength to forgive them also. God, we say that we cannot do it on our own. We need your help now, Jesus. Lord, we declare that there is liberty and freedom in our lives. Free us from the chains and the bonds that we have of unforgiveness. The same way you loved us, the same way you forgive us, allow us and give us wisdom. Give us the grace to let that go at your feet right now. God, we thank you. And Lord, we understand that this is a process. We thank you that we'll not get weary in well-doing, that we will continue to do those things that you asked us to do. We will bless those that have cursed us. We will pray for those that despitefully used us. God, I thank you right now that you are giving us the grace to just let it go. We declare right now we are free for unforgiveness. Lord, that we know that we don't have to forget Lord, that those persons aren't responsible for what they did, but God, even right now, while we are at this altar, we pray for those people. We ask that you bless them. We ask that you will allow them to come to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And God, if they are saved, I thank you that you will anoint their hands and their feet. Lord, cause them to be able to walk in righteousness right now in the name of Jesus. And God, we thank you right now that that which was meant to destroy us Lord, we thank you that no weapon formed against us did prosper, but we will use this to be able to walk out the plan and the purpose of you in our lives. We thank you, Lord, that we could use this experience to help others overcome unforgiveness. So we thank you for this. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name, amen. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.